This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, October 24th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. The agriculture sector remains one of the biggest sources of support for the Trans-Pacific Partnership, but the Obama administration isn't taking that support for granted. Darcy Vetter, the chief agriculture negotiator for the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative and former USDA Deputy Undersecretary for Farm and Foreign Agriculture Services, will be talking up the 12-nation trade pact in a radio interview with Agrinet West Wednesday. The broadcast will be aimed at reaching farmers in California, the largest agriculture state of the country. It won't be the first time this year that Vetter reached out to the largest fruit and vegetable producing region in the world. In April, she met with farmers in Fresno, according to reporting by Valley Public Radio. Vetter said, quote, the return that goes back to the pockets of farmers and ranchers is $4.4 billion annually based on TPP, almost $6 billion in new exports themselves. As one example of the market opening advantages, she said Canada will eliminate tariffs on whey. California farmers could ship north, but also unprecedented access into Japan, an elimination of every dairy tariff in Vietnam and Malaysia. In recent months, Vetter has crisscrossed the country talking about the advantages of TPP to events by the American Soybean Association, the American Farm Bureau Federation, the Western Growers Association, and many others. Bill Sack warns Congress not to focus on savings in the next farm bill. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack is warning farm groups that they're going to have to work together to tell Congress what producers need in the next farm bill and steer lawmakers away from focusing on spending cuts. Vilsack said in an audio posting, quote, the conversation in 2011 and 2012 started with, we have to save money. The first way to start this conversation should be, what is the need? What is the total need? Farm groups lost out of the 14 Farm Bill because they competed with one another as lawmakers looked for savings, that according to the USDA posting. Vilsack said, my hope is that the conversation starts the right way and that moves expeditiously to a conclusion so there is not the uncertainty that we had in 2011, 2012, and 2013. Good forage and prices behind low feedlot numbers. USDA's latest cattle on feed numbers took some by surprise because of the low number of animals that came into feedlots from cow-calf operations during September. USDA livestock analyst Shale Shangham said good forage conditions and the quest to boost profits are two explanations. There were just 1.91 million head of cattle placed into feedlots throughout September, a 2% drop from September last year and the lowest total for the month since the USDA began collecting the data in 1996, that according to the report released on Friday. Shangham said in a USDA audio posting, the continued availability of forage is encouraging some cow-calf operators to continue to hold cattle before placing them in feedlots. Cattle feeders have been under pressure in terms of their returns and have been obviously trying to push the price of feeder cattle down. And as cow-calf operators have seen their returns diminish, they may be more resistant to selling the cattle at prices that feedlots are offering if they have alternatives. Industry input sought for second $20 million cheese purchase. The USDA is preparing to begin buying surplus cheese off the market under the second $20 million purchase that it announced earlier this month in order to help boost low dairy prices. 
USDA's Agriculture Marketing Service announced on Friday it will hold a November 9th teleconference to facilitate feedback from industry suppliers, promote increased participation of suppliers offering products, and discuss the timing of purchases, product types, and commercially available consumer pack sizes to be solicited. USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack, speaking about the purchase earlier this month, said, While our analysis predicts the market will improve for these hardworking men and women in the dairy industry, reducing the surplus can give them extra reassurance while also filling demand at food banks and other organizations that help our nation's families in need. USDA cracks down on horse soaring. The USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service wants to make it clear that it's taking seriously its responsibility to stop the painful practice of horse soaring. The agency on Friday released an update of its efforts under the Horse Protection Act, showing it has disqualified hundreds of horses from shows across the country this year. USDA inspectors were able to inspect 3,044 of the 11,348 horses on display at 80 events this year. That according to the online FY 2016 activity report for the Horse Protection Program. Of that total, 716 were disqualified. Soaring is a common practice in which owners purposely inflict pain to a horse's legs or hooves to make the animal perform an exaggerated gait. That according to the American Veterinary Medical Association. Bernadette Juarez, the Deputy Administrator of the USDA's Animal Care Program, said, By taking these measures, we have begun the very real process of making good on the goals in our strategic plan. We remain steadfast to the commitments in our strategic plan, building relationships and promoting animal welfare. Walking away from wrens. Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, apparently was happy to leave behind the complexities of the Renewable Fuel Standard Program that, according to a recent dump of hacked emails posted by WikiLeaks. David Marchek, managing director of the global private equity firm, the Carlyle Group, praised Podesta for his government service early last year, telling him, you really did great things, China agreement, immigration, climate, etc., but then added jokingly, all except RENs, using the abbreviation for renewable identification numbers, or RENs, which are used as the currency of the RFS program. Podesta seemed happy not to have to deal with the RFS any longer, telling Marchek, Renz was the only thing that I was completely happy to walk away from. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, October 24th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.